0: Thanks, Sam. And uh, thanks to Mary, uh, Beth, Craig, and the band for uh, the wonderful worship. we going to open our Bibles at one chapter, one chapter? One John, chapter four. Um, Sam's already read a few verses from it earlier. Uh, because we're in the sermon series, because of Jesus, dot, dot, dot. And tonight is, because of Jesus, I know love. Because of Jesus. I know love. So 1 John chapter 4, an obvious text for us to turn to tonight. We're going to read from verse 7 uh, to the end of the chapter. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love God, uh, sorry, whoever does not And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them, and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister, whom they have seen, cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God is love. God is love love but what does that mean what does that mean god is love does that mean he is like this warm fuzzy feeling that's all he is just in up there in the sky and if you get near him you just have a warm fuzzy feeling is that what it means that god is love or is he like this sort of cosmic father christmas all jolly and cuddly is that what it means, that God is love? Or well, let's just take a step back. What is love? What is it? Uh, I love those scientists uh, that sometimes you read an article that says something like this, that the same brain waves and chemicals that go off in your head when you fall in love with someone is the exact same chemicals and brain waves that go off when you eat a lot of chocolate. <laughs> you ever heard that? And that some people try to rationalize away, love is just chemicals in the brain. It's just a sort of biological fiction that makes us do things that are useful. Is that what love is? But perhaps whatever our view of what love is, it's actually defined by our own experiences, isn't it? Because sometimes, if I said, "Oh, I love you," you might just come up with connotations of how you, in the past, have experienced love, so that you can give it reference. A silly thought experiment, but imagine you lived—I don't know—500 years ago, and someone came to you and says, "I've just been to a place, a faraway land, and I've uh, I've encountered a kangaroo," and you go, "Well, what's a kangaroo?" and you say, and the person says, "Well, it's kind of like a big rabbit." And you'd be like, okay, I can try and picture a big rabbit. Because you don't know what that thing is. So you compare it to what you already know. So if I said to you, what is love? God is love. You would suddenly go, well, these are the things I've experienced in my life that is love. So he's kind of that on a big scale, like a big kangaroo. No, he's not a big kangaroo. Um, Do you see the point I'm trying to make? So perhaps... You think of your own parents and what kind of love you received from them, whether really good or perhaps not so good. And it affects the way we understand that word love. Or perhaps you felt love yourself, and so therefore you put that onto what it means that God is love. Perhaps you love a family member or a loved one or even, you know, your pet. Actually, I read a recent study about pets that people... Did you know that people are more likely to treat their pets well, better, than people? Did you know that? I can't say that for my cat. don't like my cat very much. But isn't that amazing? So your own feelings of love, you might then project onto what it means that God is love. Or someone might say, I love you. With their words but then their actions do something very different and that affects when you hear someone say I love you you can think it well that's a very limited kind of love because I've known people who've said to me I love you but their love was very limited it only went so far it didn't love me when things got difficult It didn't love me when I got older. It didn't stand the test of time. So perhaps that makes many of us worried. Well, God might love me, but is it, how far would that love go? Like uh, an elastic band. Can you picture an elastic band? You're like, your love is being stretched, but it's going to snap at some point. Is there a limit to God's love then? Like there is for all humans, because that's the reality. If we're comparing and defining love by our own experiences, there will always be a limit. I know we like to think we love unconditionally as as humans, but we don't. We don't. There's always a limit. And so sometimes we might think, well, if God is love, maybe there's a limit. Romans 5, uh, verse 7, articulates the best of human love. The best of human love is this, and Paul talks about it. He says, the best that humans can show love is this. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. That's what Paul says. He says, human love, when it's really good, will it might... you might lay your life down for a good person or someone you really love. Does that make sense? And we see that quite a lot, don't we, in the world in general. Maybe you have that kind of love for a spouse or a child or whatever that you would gladly perhaps lay your life down Um, or for a good or noble person to save the king or the queen. You might lay your life down, that sort of thing. And that's good, isn't it? That is good. That does show love, doesn't it? But that's the best, that's the best it gets according to human love. But we're going to see, is that what defines love as in God is love? We're going to come back to that. So what does it mean then that God is love? Let's just look at verse 9 for a second. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. So this is love, that God sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. Or going back to that Romans verse I read earlier, I finished the other half of that verse, which said, very rarely will someone die for a righteous person, Though for a good person, some might possibly dare to die. And then Romans 5, 8 says this, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. There is a way to define what it means that God is love. It's not mere sentiment. It's not a gushy, warm feeling, although it might include that. I'm sure God does have gushy, warm feelings towards us. But it can be defined. And that's so important. Because you might claim to say God is love, but how would you ever know if he didn't demonstrate it? and demonstrate it to the maximum possible level and depth of his love. If he only showed, he said God is love, and so every day outside your house you found a box of chocolates delivered from heaven, you might, oh yeah, God is love, that's very nice of him. He did do that kind of stuff in the desert, didn't he? Manna. It's kind of like, oh, every more. oh, that's nice. God has left a little present for me and provided for me. God must be loving. Okay, Great. But is that it? Is that the extent of his love? Can't he just click his fingers and do that? That doesn't, doesn't cost him much to do that. Okay, so God might show his love. He has to show it more, doesn't he, if he really is. And so what might he do? Well, he might give up the riches of heaven for us, sacrifice and co- things that cost him. And we see Jesus do that, don't we? He left heaven itself to come down from heaven and leave all the, the rich trappings of heaven and gave it all up for, to be with us. That's really loving. Have you ever seen a story like that in a book or something where, I don't know, the rich prince, for the, for the love of whoever it is, the lovely young lady or whatever, just gives up all, all that stuff and says, I'd rather be with you and not have any of that because I'd rather be with you. Well, that's loving, isn't it? That has an element of sacrifice in it. And so we see God has that kind of love. Yeah. I would rather be with you lot, as miserable as we all are, and we are a miserable bunch, aren't we? He'd rather be with us than in heaven with all those angels and all of that. Even Jesus would rather be with us, even in some ways, than his his father. He left his father's house. I'd rather be with you, Lot. I'm like, oh, well, maybe he does love me. But more. Is that it then? Would you, but would you leave me, Jesus? Would you leave me? Because that's what we're all really worried about. Because all our human experience tells us that love only goes so far. But would you leave me, Jesus? So the Father and the Son have to go further to prove their undying love for us. And so they had to sacrifice the most precious things to themselves. See, the father could have gone, I'll lay down my life for them, that will show my love. He says, well, actually, there's something more precious. The father says, there's something more precious to me than even me laying my life down for them. And it's allowing my son to lay down his life for them that I would give up my son then they surely must know I love them when they see that how could they ever be in doubt ever again because I'm willing to put it all on the altar says the father everything I have and Jesus too I'll happily put it all on the altar to be with them And he does. To say God is love has to be to say he would give up the most precious things for us. And he does. So we do not have to doubt the title of this talk, Because of Jesus I Know Love. You don't have to wonder whether God accepts you You don't have to wonder whether he loves you because he's shown it. He's demonstrated it. And he doesn't just do it for the good people. You know, that's human love, isn't it? For a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we still hated him. While we still... Despised him, while we ignored him, while we abused him, while we couldn't give two hoots about God and Jesus and the things of heaven, while we were so self-obsessed and wallowing in our own pity and using other people and abusing other people and filling up our needs with selfish material things and all the rest of it, whilst we were still ugly and miserable and wallowing in all that mess here on earth, God said, nonetheless. Jesus said, nonetheless, I would rather be with them than in heaven. I would rather they live and I die. You don't have to be insecure. In fact, this is the way you can tell. There's a little test in this passage that tells you whether you've actually finally understood this or whether you're still operating on human love. Okay, if you're still operating on human love and you're worried, you're insecure about your relationships, especially your relationship with God, and you primarily this is the test you're afraid. You are afraid. Look at verse. Uh, look at verse um, 16. "And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment, not afraid. In this world we are like Jesus. Verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishments. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. If you're still based on human love and you're worried that elastic band is someday going to snap with God, I've gone too far this time, God, you don't know what I'm really like. Well, you do know what I'm really like and you've seen it, how could you possibly love me? And the world might have taught you that, the world might have taught you that, that yeah, I'm not attractive Yeah, people leave me. Yeah, um, if if I push people too far, they're going to reject me. I have to hide who I really am. All that stuff, because I know what will happen. And you think that of God, you will always be afraid. And you do have not yet grasped that God loves you to the very bottom and depths of who you are and he will lay it all on the altar. He would rather die than abandon you. So no no matter how far you think you've sunk, no matter what trouble you think you're in, no matter what pit you are sliding into, there is no depth to that that Jesus hasn't gone, I'll be at the bottom waiting for you. No matter how low it is. You might think that the pit is bottomless, and maybe it is. But the love of Jesus, he will always descend lower to the very bowels of hell and Hades to make sure he catches you when you fall. God is love. And because he is love, he wants us to know love, not just in theory in heart finally he says in verse 13 this is how we know that we live in him and he in us he has given us of his spirit he doesn't just want us to know it here he wants us to let him in here to know his love and that love will change you, will change you. The rest of that passage just talks about if we know God's love, if he first loves us, then we can go and love one another with the same kind of fearless love. And that's how the world will then know what love is too. Because it doesn't. It's got a poor imitation of it, a human love. But when it sees the church... The church of the living God that is loved by Christ, it will know God. It will see God in us. Isn't that a wonder that we Christians, because of Jesus, we know love? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray for all of us who have a suspicion that love is always limited. I pray for all of us that are never sure of our lives because we have not yet been loved as we ought to have been loved. I pray for all of us who've had perhaps bad experiences of relationships and human love and therefore we struggle Help us not to define your love, God, by what our experiences have been, but as we see it in Christ, as we see it on the cross, as we see it on the altar, sacrificial love that lays it all down. Thank you, Lord, that despite our brokenness and ugliness within, it does not deter you from your overwhelming love for us. Help us then, Lord. We may have grown hard hearts to protect ourselves. Help us tonight to have softer hearts, hearts that dare to believe, hearts that dare to let you in. And may you change us from within by your Spirit, poured out into our hearts, The very love of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.